Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Rick Stroud with Ed Encina, where the Buccaneers have uh, just beat the Carolina Panthers. The final 31-17. And, uh, Ed, this was uh, another uh, game that uh, I thought the offense still not quite in sync, better performance and and sort of chemistry with Mike Evans today who had a big day, especially in the first half. But it was the defense that forced four turnovers and really uh, has, has, since the season began, really has been stealing the show from Tom Brady right now. Yeah, Rick, you're right. Hold on, let me take my mask down here for a second. (laughs) Sorry. Um, We're socially distanced. We're socially distanced, but... Uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think one of the big things about that Saints game last week was the defense just kept playing you know, on short fields. You know, the, the offense didn't help it. And when we asked Bruce Arians about it over the course of the week, he kept saying, Todd Bowles said it too, was, you know, it's about getting turnovers. It's about getting takeaways. And that'll kind of fix itself out. And we saw that, you know, early and often uh, with this Bucks defense. You know, it's it's the reason why they – Got out to a quick 14 nothing lead. It's why they got out to a 21 nothing lead. And down the stretch, it's why they were able to kind of withstand a, a late uh, Carolina Panthers rally in the second half um, and, and, and win this game. I mean, as, as, as much as it was a kind of a tale of two halves in a lot of ways, you know, like you said, 21 nothing in the first. Uh, the, the Panthers scored the first 14 points in the second. And then it came down to, I think, a couple things. One is a couple of big defensive plays, and most notably Carlton Davis's interception, and then the uh, the Bucks' ability, which they haven't been able to do really in, in, in some games last year, is to be able to close it out with the running game, specifically specifically with uh, Leonard Fournette, uh, who's only been on this team for probably like nine or ten days, but um, basically sealed the game with a 46-yard touchdown run in the last two minutes of the game. Yeah, Fournette with 12 carries, 103 yards, and it was a running back by committee. Ronald Jones with just seven carries. They ran it 22 times, so they tried to have some balance. Look, it's hard not to envision Leonard Fournette getting a a bigger and bigger role in this offense and becoming the primary running back because, one, he's done it. And certainly when they get into this situation and you have a lead, he's going to be invaluable with his ability. This is what he did for Jacksonville all those years when they were winning and going to the AFC Championship. Yeah, I mean, and the thing, too, is that no matter how much you use Leonard Fournette, probably, within this this three, three-headed three running back monster, along with LaShawn McCoy and Ronald Jones, it's still not going to be the low that he had in Jacksonville. No. He, he carried the ball 265 times last year with 78 receptions. So, like, we're talking 350, basically, you know. Touches. Uh, touches there. So... Um, he even then he's not going to do that. We we talked to him after the game, and you know he, he kind of likes it. You know he he's, he feels like he's going to be fresh. He feels that um, he, he had a great quote talking about in the third quarter about you know how he felt so fresh and fresh legs. And he told the the offensive line, "You give me an inch and I'll take it a mile." And uh, his main goal really you know in that second half he, he so Rick he touched the ball the, the last eight plays that the Bucks had um on offense he touched the ball six of those times and obviously it ends with that touchdown run but a big part of it too was these little chunks of yardage that uh, where he stays in bounds and allows them to run out the clock and like i said that's something that 
we saw it so many times last year that, you know, whether it was a close game or something, like, you know, they could not, you know, run out the clock. And when we we saw a little bit of that same, you know, stagnant second half offense this today, you know, Tom Brady in the in the second half, he didn't have very many passing yards. Six uh, of twelve for nineteen yards is yeah, what he had. The, the, so the passing game was really inefficient. They had to run lean on the running game. Imagine that a Tampa Bay Bucks team that had to lean on the running game in the second half to win a ball game. Yeah, running game and defense, and, and Brady um, just 6-12, to 12, like I said, for 19 yards in the second half, although he looked like he was in control. He hit some big plays, especially to, to Mike Evans, and this was a big game for Mike Evans. You had no Chris Godwin, who was out, obviously, with a concussion, um, and that's a big, big weapon for them. That, that left Scotty Miller and Justin Watson as the other two uh, wide receivers. Of course, he had the tight ends and O.J., uh, and also Rob Gronkowski. Cameron Brait barely played, by the way. Um, but it was important for Evans. Look, that passing game has to run through Mike Evans. Yep. And, you know, the thing that I think maybe we didn't put enough emphasis on is that he did not practice for really two weeks leading up to the New Orleans game. And I fall back on the, the Tony Dungy um, philosophy that, you know, he would rather play a guy who's a lesser player that has practiced every day than try to put in a guy that's maybe a better player that was out of, out of it. And, and Mike was clearly out of it uh, and, and did not have as big of an impact, although he drew a couple of pass interference penalties. That throw, the back shoulder touchdown, the 23-yarder that Brady made, was an, a side adjustment by Evans and also Brady recognizing that the corner was over the top. And as Evans said, he hit me in the stomach with it. It was a, it was a beautiful throw. Yeah, I mean, that was a, a play that um... – you know, both of those plays, he had a, the 50-yard touchdown, 50-yard uh, game yeah. that, that set up another the earlier touchdown of that. Yeah. And it, it's funny because it, it does look like Mike Evans is healthier than he was last week. You know, mm-hmm. he, he he ran the field better. His routes were cleaner. It looked like he trusted his legs a lot more. And because of that, he was able to get downfield a little bit better. So um, w- when you look at all that, you're going to see gradually a better, healthier Mike Evans. I think that's what they're looking forward to seeing. I asked Mike in, in, in our press conferences, I said, you know, how, how much of a difference was it this week versus last week just in terms of how physically, you know, well you feel? And he's like, you know, I think I played, you know, okay. I didn't play the best. But the fact is that I feel healthier, which is the biggest thing. And that means that, you know, I'm going to continue to get better. So that's a good thing for – the Bucks is a good thing for Mike Evans. It's a good thing for Mike Evans' owners in fantasy football. It's a good thing for all, all parties involved. Yeah, you, you got rewarded if you hung with Mike Evans in fantasy football, especially with Chris Godwin out. Um, you know, I thought that defensively they really did some nice things in the pass rush, particularly uh, the interior pass rush. You know, guys like Ndamukong Sue, Vita Vea. Sue had a – I mean, the stats on the stat line on some of these guys is incredible. Ndamukong Sue – uh, was was rewarded uh, with two sacks. He had two tackles for losses, um, you know, five tackles overall, two quarterbacks hits. He was on top of Teddy Bridgewater pretty much all day. They got another sack from Jason Pierre-Paul. A lot of attention, I think, went to Shaq Barrett, but he still wound up with five tackles. And then you take the linebackers. Man, the emerging star of this league, I think, is going to be Devin White because him and Levante David are maybe the best, one of the best tandems right now. But, I mean, Devin White is beating David to the ball. He had 15 tackles, including 11 unassisted. So here, here's the good thing that you can take from this defense today is, one, that you could tell that the Panthers were trying to 
isolate, like you said, Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul on the edge. We know how much the Panthers like to get the ball on the outside to Christian McCaffrey yeah. with those screen passes and stuff like that. The, um, but, but you know, they, they really emphasized that. And, uh, you know, what, what showed was that those interior defensive linemen and those guys, those backers in the middle, you know, all those guys you talk about. Will Golston had another big game. He had a another sack, sack. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Via Vea had a couple plays where he was getting to the quarterback. He just missed. Bruce Arians joked that, you know, he was held a couple times that the referees aren't, aren't throwing flags yet this season. But, um, you know, so so all, all those guys in the interior – um, those guys who do a lot of dirty work and maybe don't get don't get the reward for it, they got that today. And like you said, Devin White and Levante David, and especially Devin White before our eyes, is becoming one of the uh, top middle linebackers, uh, inside linebackers in this game. He really is, and the Bucks are lucky as this offense tries to get itself cranked up, uh, and it's going to take time. And I think that Bruce Arians acknowledged that. He said, we're not the, the, the offense in September that we're going to be in November. Um, you know, listening to Tom Brady, it's it's interesting because, you know, we I've not been around him as much as guys, obviously, that covered him in New England, although we're all familiar with sort of how he conducts himself after games. Uh, but he really does have this process mentality. He's never satisfied. Uh, it's hard to win. It was a good win. Look at all these things we have to work on. And he sounds almost miserable after a victory like this as he did the week before in defeat and I think he kind of sets the tone but he knows they got a long long way to go and I would just say that uh, they're very fortunate to have this sort of defense if these guys can stay healthy and the biggest improvement has been the secondary these guys started the year last year you had a rookie in Sean Murphy Bunting a rookie in Jamel Dean a rookie uh, or a second year player in Jordan Whitehead Uh, Mike Edwards was a rookie and now he has a rookie in Antoine Winfield that's replaced him and Carlton Davis is the leader of that group, and he's playing big. I mean, this guy, uh, yeah, he had a pass interference penalty, but that's only because he's on top of everybody. The play he makes last year, maybe he, maybe that's just a, a, a pass defense. Um, but he went back out there, and Ed, they had dislocated his finger. I mean, you know how brutal football can be, yeah. right? There's no, there's no time to, to worry about it, and that would put me and you out for a few weeks, I'm sure, maybe a month. Um, cause we certainly wouldn't be typing, but this guy just has a trainer, pop it back in, tape, tape the two fingers up. It's not exactly Ronnie Lott. They didn't cut it off, but he went back out there and with that, those, those hands like that made the key play and the key interception. Oh, that was great. Yeah. I mean, when we talked to, to Carl after the game, he was like, yeah, it was only a finger. You know, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like a knee Ouch. or, you know, anything like that. He was like, yeah, it's only a finger. Just pop it back in. But you know, Carlin's a tough guy. I mean, we, we've seen him grow a lot over the past three years and, you know, he's always going to have a knock for him for the fact that he has a lot of pass breakups, for, but not very many interceptions. But yeah. when we look at this this secondary and we look at what they need to do to take that next step, it is guys like Carlton Davis turning those pass breakups into interceptions. It is those guys, those safeties, mm. who I think last year, out of the 12 interceptions the Bucks had, the safeties only counted for two of them. So mm-hmm. when, when you get Jordan, Jordan Whitehead getting, getting on the ball – you know, even, you know, like you said, Winfield with, with the strip sack, stuff like that. Those safeties getting involved in takeaways, that's big. And so when we look at, at this defense and how it's growing, especially that young secondary, these are the things that, that you're looking for, and, and, and they're doing it. Yeah, they, they actually are. Um, okay, so. And just going back to one thing about Brady, you know, it's, it's funny that, that you talk about, you know, the kind of the, you know, he, he's not satisfied. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we had, a, we had a, a couple of, of really good, um, 
uh, tweets that picked up steam that had you know Brady's reactions on the sideline um, <laughs> after after some of the the mistakes. I think one was after the Rojo uh, fumble, fumble on the handoff. handoff. Another one was on the Cyril Grayson uh, ball that that came off the top the front of his helmet, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. And so there's there's a whole different range here of uh, of Brady reactions, and it's and they're they all begin with one word. I mean, they all have one word. <laughs> That we can't, fire truck. Right, yeah. that we can't really say on this podcast because it's a family podcast. <laughs> but um, that that you know it, that that's Tom Brady. So um, and one, I think the first one that he said with, after Jones, he just yelled it, and apparently with with no fans in the stands, everyone on the sideline heard it and turned back. So Tom Brady doesn't need to like have a rah rah like hey let's get going guys kind of thing. When he says something, everyone listens. He's he's what is. Uh, what is it, H.R. Hutton or yeah, yeah, the, the, the insurance group. people, yeah, whatever that was, yeah, Hutton or whatever, yeah, EF Hutton, EF Hutton. <laughs> let's go on back a ways, yeah. yeah. So I'm showing my age here, Rick, yeah. but um, but yeah, so he doesn't need to do much to get to know that uh, they need to get going. Yeah, they all they all are very cognizant of, of Brady's leadership, and and you know, Bruce Arians said after the game, he was asked how does he lead. He goes, well, I can't really say it, you know, because because of the words you'd, you'd have to bleep. And yet, I still I still believe that this is a, a pretty good football team. Now, the Carolina Panthers, let's be honest, they're, they're not the class of the NFC South. I mean, they're going to have a, a tough year this year. Teddy Bridgewater's a gamer. He played really hard. He got him back in the game. They're down 21 to nothing. This is the game they lose to the Giants last year. It's the exact same game. Yeah. 21 nothing at the half. Right. And, and even Bruce Arians said at halftime, you know, like kind of don't take your foot off the gas. We're not good enough to do that. And yet they kind of did. They let him back in the game. And I think that's the disappointing thing for Brady because he was responsible for making a bad play. He overthrew Rob Gronkowski, which of all the guys to overthrow, you would think he has the most chemistry with Gronk. Um, but when he did – after, after getting a turnover, he gave it right back to him. They went down the field, and they were able to score. And those are the sort of things that, that, that Tom Brady's not noted for already with three interceptions in just this short season in yeah. two games. So he's a guy that maybe turns it over six or seven times a year, and he's, he's already halfway there. And, and part of that, you have to wonder, because we've seen Bruce Arians' offense the first year. Carson Palmer threw a lot of interceptions. Of course, nobody threw more than Jameis in the right. league. Um and, uh, and and I still think that Brady's not totally comfortable. It was interesting. There were some shots, and you blogged this as well, that, you know, Brady was here at 8.15, or what was it, 8.45 in yeah, the morning. Yeah, like before 9 o'clock, 8.30. Yeah, 8.45, 8.30 in the morning, and he was just sort of walking the field, um, got let in early and was at the 50-yard line, went over to the bench, um, and he's inspecting everything in the back. Yeah, he was so. kind of inspecting, like, where's everything? You know, the fans, the towels, my seat, all that stuff. Um, the TB12 gear, the pills, the water <laughs> bottle, I don't know. Whatever it is he wanted. But he is a guy that, and we, you talked to him about this after they had the scrimmage here, he likes to visualize um, sort of making plays in the home ballpark and the more comfortable he can be. And they've only really been here a couple times, once for a scrimmage and once for a practice that I know of. Um, and so... Crack of dawn, there's the goat, right? The only guy on the field. The cameras picked him up, obviously, ESPN and NFL Network. Um, and yet I'm betting that he didn't count on seeing that kind of thing go on uh, on the defense, which which really picked him up. I mean, this is this is truly going to be a process, and, and you just wonder if they can get Chris Godwin back healthy, and he, and he did make it back from concussion protocol, if Mike Evans can keep his hamstring from snapping, um, 
they've got to get the tight ends involved. You know, that's we haven't yet seen, and we, we went into the offseason saying, wow, they are loaded at tight end, and they indeed they were. Anthony Eclair went on IR, but Cameron Brake barely played. Rob Gronkowski, I don't think, caught a ball. He only had that one throw. Yeah. Well, yeah. And uh, and O.J. Howard, you know, had a drop uh, in there somewhere. So we, we've yet to really see them incorporate. We've seen some of the running game, and we've seen some splashes on, on the outside with the receivers, Scotty Miller included. But we really haven't seen this whole offense utilize those matchups, particularly at tight end. Right. And the tight ends did a much better job of blocking this today than they did last week in New Orleans. Obviously, that that was a big part of, of the running game improving. But we all know they're not getting paid to block. You know, they're getting right. paid to, to, you know, move this offense down the field. And it is remarkable, especially Gronk. I mean, like, I think over over the past first two games, I think he's maybe had three balls thrown his way. So right. you know, this was the guy that Tom Brady talked out of retirement <laughs> yeah. to be, you know, to, to, to reunite with because he's his favorite target of all time. So, um, you know, th- that goes to show that, one, he's not comfortable with even Gronkowski in this offense. So that he still has a lot of, of um, you know, if that's the guy you trust the most and you still can't f- figure out a way to get him the ball, yeah. it kind of goes to show how much, you know, how, how far they are in this process. But, again, like like you said before, Rick, it, it's a thing where, you know, Brady is is this guy who looks at the, at the, long, the long road, right? And, you know, he's not happy with a game like this because he looks – he doesn't look at – Necessarily, the positive as much of the positive as dwell on All what the they mistakes. need, what they need to improve on it. And there were plenty of them. There were some drop passes. Uh, you know, to, like I said, Tom didn't didn't play great. Um, and you know, like I say, he doesn't look that comfortable in the offense. The running game looked good, but again, you know, it, there's so many things that one big thing. You know, he didn't get sacked. They, they no. the, the, the the offensive line did a really good job in the run game. They improved, and and, and they did a really good job in protecting him. So. Um, you know, as you know, we, we put we, we really wrote a lot about Donovan Smith this week and how much um, you know he had struggled uh, last week in New Orleans. Um, that, that whole group did a really good job, including Smith. You know, and Smith's been dealing with a knee kind, a knee issue. That left knee was in a brace this week, um, and he might have tweaked it again today. Came out of the game for a play. So um, you know, it, it's one of those things that you know Tom's going to look at, dwell on some of the things that they need to improve on. But that's why he's, you know, that's why he's raising that bar. That's why. Uh, he's that guy, but um, you know it's funny because he, he, when we talked to him, it didn't seem like this was a game that they won. Yeah, you know, no. he, he did not seem he did not seem happy, and obviously he did, he was not happy at all in New Orleans. But um, you know it's funny too because you know out of the four times that Tom Brady's team has started zero and one, they always won that second game. And I don't know if this is an omen or it just shows that of, of the the, um, the 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 whole process that they had in New England, but. All time, all, every time that those teams started zero and one, he took them at least to the Super Bowl. So um, they've got a long, long way to get there. It's going to start out with Denver next week. That's another tough game because it's on the road. Um, you're traveling again. Uh, you really don't know what you're going to see from Denver, especially with the injury to to uh, to Locke. But um, you know this this is a 16, 16 game season. We joked about it uh, earlier today, Rick. It's like you know after a loss. The sky's oh, falling. Yeah. After a win, it, it's, a, it's the greatest thing on earth, yep. but not with Tom Brady. No. So that's the difference. You know, when you got a guy like Tom Brady who's not going to buy into that too high, too low thing, um, you know, it's a little different. In fact, I don't think he ever gets too high until they until the confetti falls, right. to be honest with you, because that's, that's sort of his goal, right, Super Bowl or bust. And, and he's going to drive these guys maybe a little insane, but because they're never going to get too many pats on the back. 
Um, but that's that's just sort of where he's coming from. You mentioned they're going to Denver. Jeff Driscoll was the quarterback for the Broncos after after a lock. Former Gator. Yeah, former Gator. <laughs> lock got hurt. Denver is a tough place to play. I don't know how many fans or if they're going to have fans. It certainly won't be a packed house. Um, that's for sure. Brady doesn't have a good record out there against the Broncos, but the Broncos are not a good football team this year, um, particularly if they don't have their young quarterback. Um, so that's, that's going to be something to watch. Then they come home and they play San Diego, which gave – the Kansas City Chiefs, all yeah. they could handle, right? Um, and and then you have a game, uh, I think, after that at Chicago. Um, so there's some winnable games, you know, but but nothing's a gimme for this team as they as they try to get comfortable with each other and, and, and Tom Brady and you know just kind of talking to the coaches. They felt like, yeah, it's still not still not there, you know, yeah. still not there as an offense. And that's the thing when they go to work. You know, in the past, this this has been a team that's sort of like they're exuberant when they win. Um, they kind of let the losses roll off their backs. But Brady wants them to be just as miserable when they make mistakes and win as when they make mistakes and lose. And I think that handoff that they botched is going to bother them. Like he said, you have to do the same. You have to do handoffs. You know, you have to execute. You have to catch balls. You have to throw balls right. You can't throw interceptions. You can't have botched handoffs. You know, you can't miss kicks. All those little things that um, – that, that causes them to lose, uh, and they haven't done it. So it's going to be an interesting week. Uh, before uh, we uh, get out of here real quick, I wanted to ask you, because you've covered this team, you've covered these next, the other two play, the two playoff teams in Tampa right now are the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Let like, me just interrupt you real fast, Rick, yep. because one thing, the, 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 the Brady 0-1 starts, two of those teams started 2-2. Two and two. So right. it's, it's so it tells you that maybe it does take a little, bit, a little, a little bit of time to gain, gain chemistry here, yeah. you know. And I think these next two weeks are going to be really important because even though you know one of them's on the road and one of them's against a Chargers team, we don't really know, you know exactly what they are. But after that, Rick, that's when the schedule starts getting a little dicey because then you got that Thursday night game in Chicago. Yeah, you start getting a lot of night games that, that, weeks, that follow that in short weeks and stuff like that. So that's you know. We all know athletes, football, baseball, hockey, whatever it is, they, they, they love routine, you know. So getting out of that routine, that's going to be another thing. We talk about adjustments, all about adjustments. Uh, that's another thing that, that um, you know, this team's going to have to do, you know, once they get through that four-game stretch. And Tom Brady will help him with that because he's no stranger to, to uh, national TV games. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Uh, going back now to the Tampa Bay Lightning, they play tonight, game two. Game one, they they look like a, a team that just was a step slow. They look like a tired team. That sounds like an excuse because it was 1-1 after 1, even though obviously Dallas dominated. They had a great third period, but by that time it was pretty much over. They were down two goals. So how much do you, do you really factor in the fact that, that Dallas was the rested, uh, more spry team or – uh, it, it, are they facing a really hot goaltender that they got to solve, or they could find themselves down 0-2 pretty quick in this? Yeah, series? I mean, there's two ways to look at a third period where you out outshoot a team 20 to two. One is that you got that many chances, but the other part is that you couldn't get any. In. <laughs> right. So, so there's that part of it. But you know, I, I think the Lightning really have to kind of look at themselves 
and, and see what kind of got them here. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think the Islanders series might have got them into a little bit of a, a false sense of security because there's a lot that, that series was played a little bit differently than the Boston series and the Columbus series. So, you know, what we're looking at with Dallas is a lot of what, what we saw with the Bruins and the, and the Blue Jackets is they're going to they're, they're gonna be physical. They're going to crowd the net. They're going to make you just shoot the puck on net and just frustrate the hell out of you because you can't get it get it through them. A lot of block shots, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So I think they've really got to reevaluate where they want to be as a team, where they want their attack to be as a team, um, you know, and, and, and kind of, you know, go back to what got them here with, with some of that stuff. And it's been, you know, some physical play. It's been, you know, just basically, I mean, remember that I think it was the – in the Blue Jackets series where they had like 50, you know, 50, 70 shots on goal or something like that. And they just kept firing the puck at the net and understanding that, that they're, you know, it's going to get there at some point. And, and they just didn't do that till that third period uh, yes, uh, on, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And, and they're going to have to really do more of it. There's going to have the resilient, resilient offense, a lot of pucks at the net, um, play physical, bump guys in, in the slot, stuff like that. It's going to be, um, but but yeah, I, I think it's going to be a, a really fun series to watch because of that. You know what I mean? The um, the, the Lightning, we, we know we all know the Lightning team that we've that we've learned to watch over the past few years, and they've gotten here a little bit different way. Um, and obviously, you know, obviously without Steven Stamkos, they've had a lot of different injuries over the course of this postseason. But um, I think if they're going to win the Stanley Cup, they're going to have to kind of re-identify themselves of what they want to be as a team. Yeah, you're right. This is a Dallas is a heavy team. I mean, they, you know. Get the pucks in deep. Go, go after them. You know, try to get some of those dirty goals. The one goal they yep. scored, uh, case in point, went went off a, uh, right, went off a couple of skates. Yep. So that's kind of what you have to do. Um, but you don't want to go down 0-2 because then you put yourself in a position of, of having to win four out of five, and, and you know that's not a good place to be. So hopefully they can get that turned around. The other team in Tampa Bay, uh, the Tampa Bay race, who you also spent a lot of time with. I think their magic number is four to win the American League East. That's not a small feat. I don't care if it's 60 games, 162 games. This team has only won the American League East twice, and it is it is by the Yankees and the Red Sox, good year, bad year, indifferent. Uh, to some extent, Toronto and Baltimore, that the Rays measure themselves. They're a small market team, Ed, uh, and, and they have found ways – uh, to win this division twice, to go to a World Series, and to make the playoffs six times, this is a very big deal for the for the race to 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 get this banner. How focused are they on that? Uh, even though they know that they're in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're really focused on the division, but I think they also look at the big goal here. I mean, uh, they, they they've been there that last year. This group, this specific group, has been there last year. And they took the Houston Astros to five games in the division series. So, yeah. you know, I, I think they've got big goals. I think that there's a situation where, you know, there's a little uncertainty because you don't know how the playoff goes with the shortened series and more teams in it. And, you know, there, there's a little bit more, you know, opportunity for teams, you know, maybe that don't, you know, that aren't the top teams to get rewarded. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, but at the same time, you know, given what, what this team has gone through, Early on with the struggles of the offense and obviously all the injuries and everything like that, where they sit, like I remember covering them, you know, like 10 games, you know, 10, 12 games into the season. And I was like, this, this ain't a playoff team, you know, but they figured a way to right the ship. They beat good teams. You know, they, they, they all turned around when they started beating the Red Sox and the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And and then they became the guys who everyone was also chasing. So, um, you know, I, I think they've, they've got some, you know, some big goals and, they, they're looking to get beyond what they did this year, last year, um, and again, it's it's 
in this scenario where there's going to be a lot of games that are kind of crunched together, and like you said, it's going to be some you know three-game series, five-game series, seven-game series. It's obviously going to come about pitching, and not just pitching, but pitching depth, that you're not going to be able to get through a team just with two or three starters, you know. So, you know, I think they've got some of that, and, and, and more so than some of these other teams. Um, but, you know, it, it's going to be staying healthy with those arms. And obviously, you know, as we know, when it comes to playoffs, you know, it's not this, you know, these big, you know, 10-run games or anything like that. You've got to figure out ways to manufacture runs and kind of steal some games. So, um, but like I said, I, I, I like the Rays in, in this in this matchup. Um, like in this scenario, in these playoffs or anything like that, they're, they're, they're built to win, and um, it'll be interesting to see how, uh, how they move forward. Well, one of the things that won't help them is the injury to Austin Meadows. We don't know how long he might be out. Obviously, G-Man Choi is a, mm-hmm. was a key, key part of their lineup, uh, particularly against the Yankees in their yeah. race. Um, so, you know, we'll have to see when or if they get either of those guys back because scoring runs is going to be the problem. Um, this team has gone through some prolonged slumps and also got very, very hot with the bats. And now they're somewhere kind of caught in between. Like Willie Adamas was yes. been lost home or away um, of late. And yet last year in the postseason, he was one of their, their biggest clutch hitters. So the postseason also makes guys stars, yes. right? It kind of wipes the slate clean. And uh, and you can be you can you know get out of those slumps because it's kind of like a new year. Um, I think the biggest one of the biggest things they got going for them right now are their top three starters. Um, Tyler Glass now his last start he was lights out. Charlie Morton all of a sudden looks like he's putting some things together, and Blake Snell as well. If they get those three starters going along with that bullpen with Oliver Drake and some of those guys, that really is going to be tough on teams. Whether it's a whether it's two out of three, uh, five game series or a seven game series, when these guys can come back, I think that's going to be the key as it always is with the Rays. No, absolutely. You've got those three guys, and if those guys, three guys are going well, like you said, they're, they, they 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 pretty much are right now. Um, like I really like what Blake's been doing. I really like what, what I mean, Tyler's been <laughs> incredible the past couple oh, of times yeah. out, and uh, and like I said, Charlie's trustworthy. You know, I mean, like he, you look at the numbers, and maybe it hasn't been there. For him, but you can tell that he's kind of moving forward. I think that he's a guy who, you know, his best his best uh, outings come later in the year yep. and in the postseason, as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, like you said, I think it's going to be all about manufacturing runs and figuring out this offense and making sure that they can do their side of the bargain because I think the pitching is going to is going to do its part. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we got game two tonight of the Stanley Cup Finals between the Lightning and Dallas, and of course the Rays making their way trying to capture the American League East. And the Bucks will uh, be back at work preparing for their game against Denver. We'll talk to Bruce Arians today uh, around noon. Hopefully he won't insult Tom Brady uh, so we don't have to talk about that. He was actually very complimentary of him after the game uh, this time. By the way, Brett Favre. Yeah, we totally forgot We didn't mention that the guy who said about Bruce Arians' uh, criticism that he was barking up the wrong tree uh, happened to be at Raymond James in a Bucko Bruce Tom Brady faced T-shirt. You have uh, one of those, don't you, Ray? No, I don't. <laughs> although they're cool, um, creamsicle nonetheless. And uh, and, he, and it wasn't it wasn't something that was done after his comments. It was actually planned beforehand. He's an NFL Films correspondent for a series that they do, and he's doing a, I guess, a special on Levante David or a feature on him. But um, I thought it was interesting, and uh, of course, Brett. Or uh, Tom Brady threw some bouquets um, verbally at, uh, <laughs> at at Brett Favre, I guess, for having his back. 
Um, so that that was interesting. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, even though again, no fans. Maybe the next time we're in Raymond James Stadium, right? Or well, the we'll time after the time that, because we'll do the, the Chargers. Chargers we'll then the time after that, um, they're aiming for the Packers game and Aaron Rodgers. You might get to see uh, some fans, and some of you guys might actually get to come to the game. So that's it. That's the final from here. We got to get out of here. I we got to leave. They're kicking off. us out. I'm sweating. I got the. I got to put the mask on. All that stuff. Bucks win 31-17 for Ed and Cena. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.